Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sunup. The Daily Sunup podcast is a conversation with the Colorado Sun. See our trust indicators at coloradosun.com slash ethics. It's Tuesday, January 16th. Today, Colorado Sun business reporter Tamara Chung breaks down the money the state has offered and given in tax incentives to lure businesses to relocate or add jobs. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun on January 24th as environmental reporter Michael Booth speaks with experts about the growing revolution of electric vehicles, the mandates and subsidies, the death of big highway building, and more. Join for free by signing up at coloradosun.com events. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In the early 20th century, Colorado transformed significantly due to the rise of the automobile. Starting with steam-powered cars in the 1890s, the state witnessed the emergence of its first car dealership in 1900 and notable early drives, including the first car to reach Pikes Peak Summit in 1901. The automobile's impact led to the Colorado Highway Commission's formation in 1910, focusing on upgrading a rudimentary path network to accommodate this new technology. Automobiles gradually replaced bicycles and eclipsed railroads as the primary transport mode, prompting many rail lines to close during the Great Depression and be converted into highways. This shift spurred oil production and shaped Colorado's infrastructure and identity. The state's initial response to cars, a mix of fascination and concern, was evident in the first automobile-related court case in 1902 and the tragic crash of a car dealer in 1907. The vehicle's influence extended beyond transportation, influencing tourism and conservation efforts, notably in preserving scenic areas like Rocky Mountain National Park. Before we continue, a special thank you to all of our Colorado Sun members listening. It's thanks to you that The Sun continues to bring trustworthy, independent journalism to readers and listeners across our state. If you're not yet a member and want to join us, visit coloradosun.com join to sign up. While you're there, check out our member e-newsletters like Colorado Sunday, The Temperature, and more. Together, we'll keep Colorado informed in 2024. Next, our feature story. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. I'm David Krause, one of the editors at The Sun. And I'm happy to be joined on the Tuesday podcast, as almost always, with Sun Business reporter Tamara Chang. Tamara, how's it going today? Uh, just trying to keep warm today. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, been a crazy one uh, all around the state. So I hope everybody's staying safe and staying warm as hopefully this cold snap changes in the next few days. But all right, let's jump into a little business news, Tamara. You have a story uh, posted on the website today, really intriguing, lots of interesting numbers about uh, some of the state incentives to try to lure businesses to come to Colorado and set up shop. Tamara, can you kind of talk to people about what that program is before we crunch on some of the numbers? Yeah, sure. So this is, I focus uh, today's story on the job growth uh, incentive tax credit, which actually, you know, companies apply for it that are interested in moving to the state or expanding here. So an existing company can request this credit and um, with their expectation of how many jobs they're going to create, this this job growth credit gives them a credit. So it offsets their future payroll taxes, um, state payroll taxes, based on how many employees they actually hire. 
So there's there's some complication here, but but if these companies hire X many people, they can they can get you know a certain amount of uh, taxes back in the future. So uh, walk us through the numbers that you've been crunching, um, and you know what did you find, Tamara, and what intrigued you about you know kind of going down this road and and uh, trying to extrapolate all these numbers? Yeah, sure. So. Every year, I tend to look at this job growth incentive to see, you know, what new companies are coming, if we have any sense of this. I know in, in past years, um, different companies, you know, from Charter Communications to to um, Amazon's Blue Origin, actually, maybe that's Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin uh, space company, have received these job growth incentives. And so I, I tend to wrap this up at the end of each year to look at like who's coming, if we know how much money was approved, how many jobs might be coming. And this year, it took me a little longer to do it because I had some vacation in between um, last year and today and finally came up with this report. And I I decided to look into, well, what sort of impact has this program had? Um, so the job growth tax credit incentive is actually in state statute. It started around 2009. And so every year the state has the state's Economic Development Commission has approved a certain number of companies and uh, in anticipation for a certain number of jobs. So I totaled those up all these 14 years and it's about almost 1.5 million. Not quite. It's it's about 1.448 dot 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 billion dollars uh, since 2009, through that time, um, probably, you know, almost 100,000 jobs were promised. And so the data on how much has been claimed is a little more limited. But based on records from the Department of Revenue on how much has been attributed to this job growth tax credit, it's only been about $63 million. So that's about 5% of the numbers to date that has been approved. Why does the state, if we're not seeing people utilize this, why is the state continue to have a package where you're given uh, given out over sixty million dollars each year, or in this time frame? Sorry. Sure, sure. Well, you know, only only about ten million or so is is being claimed each year, and that doesn't seem like much when you know in two thousand twenty three, the number. Let's see, the total number approved was. What was it? One hundred and forty-six million dollars. But the thing is, more recent years, we're probably going to see this number go up because obviously, the companies in in the backlog, what they need to do is actually move here, expand here, hire people, keep them on payroll for a year, and then after that, that's when they can start claiming this credit. And the way, you know, this is economic development. It's part of the Office of Economic Development and International Trade. The, those are the folks who runs this program. And they look at it as, you know, it's a tool in the the box to help them attract new companies. Um, but when I was talking to Sean Good, who's over, sort of handles this program over at OEdit, you know, he was mentioning it's kind of this program well, this this sort of incentive is something like all companies are seeking, whether whether they, you know, will take a state up on the offer or not. You know, it's kind of their due diligence to look for every every sort of um, 
financial benefit to move to an area. So if it's not offered, you know, it, it could eliminate um, a city or state from their decision, but but it could, uh, it, in most cases, it probably doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other thing Sean had mentioned was, you know, it's kind of like offering a cup of coffee <laughs> to, you know, someone who's interested. And, you know, it's a way for the state to sort of stay competitive. But there are a lot of requirements the state puts on these incentives. I mean, the job growth incentive, where it has to be performance-based. So it's not like the state is writing a check of taxpayer money to uh, Amazon or something like that. I, there's a lot of restrictions. So in some ways, Colorado's incentives are, you know, a little less competitive than other states. And other, you know, third independent reports on this have put Colorado kind of in the middle of where, how they are, how the state is with taxpayer funds when it comes to corporate incentives. So Tamara, 14 years, 1.5 billion had been offered in incentives. Who are some of the biggest ones? Maybe throw us a couple of examples of, you know, not just um, how much they got in an incentive, but also how many jobs they created. Well, that is also kind of hard to track down. I mean, so a lot of these, in a lot of cases, when a company applies for the credit, at least, you know, in recent years, they get a code name. Um, so we don't always know what that is. And and part of the reason why the Economic Development Office puts a code name on these companies is because these companies are looking elsewhere or they, they are supposed to be looking elsewhere. So um, it's a part of a confidentiality type of agreement. I mean, usually if these companies do accept the funding and start asking for the credit, they are publicly named. So we do have a good sense of who some of those companies are. You know, one company happens to be Comcast, the big cable internet company. Um, you know, in, in past years, they have a big operation in in Centennial, or maybe that's Englewood. Uh, I, I live by it, so uh, I call it Centennial. But they also got one in um, 2016, an $8.1 million credit for to create 635 new jobs up in Fort Collins. And I actually remember visiting this Fort Collins call center way back when. But um, they closed it in 2019 uh, because I think they ended up doing customer service elsewhere. I'm, I actually don't remember exactly why, but they never made that number. So they never requested any of the credits. So that that's an example of why companies apply for the credits and get them, but then never uh, take it full circle and actually redeem them off their um, tax returns. So that being said, Tamara, is there a way to know uh, who might be coming up next or what some of those numbers look like? Any way to kind of sort through what 2024 might look like? Unfortunately, no, um, because all all the new companies that are applying, um, you'll find out about them each month at the Economic Development Commission, but under these code names again. So um, we will probably, we will hear about them, but we may not know who they are. But we will probably hear who, what some of these code names are and what com what companies they represent. So another example is United Airlines. They received a credit uh, a year ago, February, 
to build a flight center. And it, it was just recently announced who they were. And uh, but they probably won't be taking any of these um, tax credits until 2027 because their facility isn't even going to be built until then. So that's why there's another delay. And who knows down the road, this amount of taxpayer revenues that are offset by the job tax job growth credit may rise. Uh, we will see. I mean, I, I looked at the numbers for the, the latest data is 2021. Um, from the Department of Revenue, and there was actually less um, dollars that were uh, redeemed from tax returns. So, I mean, the number has actually been going down as far as companies that are claiming the credit, but the logic to this is that the amount should go up just because there's so many more companies. I mean, there were 35 companies approved last year, um, and that that number is getting back up to where we were pre-pandemic when there are about you know, 30 or so per year. But the thing is, you know, this this is considered a tool and regardless, it has attracted a lot of companies, a lot of big names. Uh, you asked me that question earlier. I mean, DaVita, Ball Aerospace. I, I think I mentioned Charter Communications. Um, there's a ton. And uh, someday I'll get my database together and I will have it all available for readers of the sun. We'll look forward to that day for sure. Uh, Tamara? Thanks, as always, for the time and for breaking down these numbers and following this. Thanks to everybody for listening. If you haven't read the story yet, uh, you can read about it and other business news around Colorado. Go to coloradosun.com and click up on the business tab at the top of our homepage. You can also go to coloradosun.com slash working to sign up for Tamara's free What's Working weekly newsletter. Comes out every Saturday, always full of good information. Want to remind everybody that here at the Colorado Sun, we want to earn your trust and are members of the Trust Project. You can see our ethics policy at coloradosun.com slash ethics. Tamara, have a great week. Stay warm. You too. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. A massive winter storm sent sub-freezing temperatures and dangerously cold winds across much of Colorado on Monday, snarling roads from the eastern plains to the western slope. It also canceled nearly 300 flights at Denver International Airport. And more snow and Arctic blasts are on the way. Whiteout conditions and high wind shut down several mountain passes along with roads in the mountains and on the Front Range. Up to two feet of snow is expected to fall along the Interstate 70 corridor from Vail to the Eisenhower Tunnel, and difficult travel conditions are expected to continue. Denver authorities said the cold weather was a possible factor in the deaths of four people since Friday. A curious trend has emerged as Colorado slogs through its fourth winter of the COVID-19 pandemic. The state reached its peak this season for hospitalizations of people with COVID in the second-to-last week of November. That's almost exactly when a peak happened in 2022 and in each of the two years before that. Experts say the trend is more than a fluke, but they are at odds to explain it. Each November that COVID spiked, it involved a different variant of the virus. Visit coloradosun.com for more on this unexplained seasonal recurrence. More than 5,000 Denver landlords in December began the process of getting their rental units licensed. That's by far the largest number of applications the city's Department of Excise and Licenses has ever received in one month. But the landlords, who were hurrying to meet the January 1st deadline to get into compliance with the city's new licensing law, may be waiting a while to receive their licenses. 
The city says it must wade through its sudden backlog of thousands of applications before it is able to hit its goal of issuing licenses within one week. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now, a quick message from our team. I'm Lauren Wynott, Director of Membership at the Colorado Sun. I came to work at the Sun because quality, trustworthy journalism is important. As a reader and listener, I find the Sun to be a breath of fresh air. The journalists tell Colorado stories that keep me informed, entertained, and engaged. If you also trust the Sun for your news, join me as a member at coloradosun.com join. Your support helps to bring you and other Coloradans the news you deserve. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you.